one soul ring. Did you guys see that they're redoing the first Pokemon movie? Pokemon 2000? Yeah. I love Pokemon 2000. Are they going to call it Pokemon 2020? I don't remember what the title is, but there is a trailer because it has, like, new animation and everything. Okay. Yeah, I uh, loved that movie. I still do. Right? I don't know if it stands up, but I do love the part where they're all, all the Pokemon cry. Yeah. Spoiler alert. (laughs) And it uh, turns Ash from stone to a real boy. Yeah. Yeah. What is Mewtwo Strikes Back? That's the second one. God, they're, they're Eric. doing the second he one. Strikes back. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not called A New Hope Strikes Back oh, <laughs> in Star <man>. Wars. <laughs> okay, not as excited. <laughs> yeah, I was just mentioning because, like, uh, the animation style is. Mm. Is it weird? Do they still do the Pokemon show? Do they still do new. Yeah, is I think the anime so. still going? Yeah, I think so. So it's not going to be in the style of Detective Pikachu? No. That'd be cool. <laughs> I still have to see that movie. It brings really good. Yeah. Very good things. Is, I, is the I Sonic also... movie out? Yes. Is it? That's 68 mil in its opening weekend. Is that good? Yeah, it crushed everything else. Right, because yeah. there was a headline, um, Sonic tops Pikachu, and then it's like the rest of the headline about like it it making lots of money at the box office, and there was lots of like memes yeah, and you, funny cartoons you online know. about, yeah. you know, yeah. topping. Sonic topping Pikachu. Uh, right. Oh, boy. <laughs> But yeah, uh, they redid how Sonic looked, and I think it, the money shows that it paid off. Yeah, and they got a lot of guff for that in the People original trailer. They yeah. didn't like how he looked. Oh no, he looked terrible. Yeah. I'm a big Sonic fan, and I was really not... I wasn't going to see the movie. They redid him. I'm like, that looks like Sonic. I'll see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> this could, I will see. I'll get, you'll get my money. Yeah. Did you have <laughs> you Sega? Was Sonic on Sega? Sonic yes. was on Sega, yeah. and I had Nintendo. Mm. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. It was like, oh, I... it's like the forbidden fruit. It's yeah. like Xbox <laughs> yeah, versus like PlayStation, right? Like there's different things on different platforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's proprietary sometimes. Yeah. Like Halo and Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. No, or uh, does PlayStation? PlayStation has. PlayStation has like, like... Con- especially now, like Xbox has Forza, Halo, and Gears of War. Right. PlayStation Gears has. Of War. Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War, uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man, uh, that was the one I was thinking Spider-Man's of. big, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, Seems like a lot of fun. Yeah. Final Fantasies have been exclusive to PlayStation in the past. Oh, that's right. They're well, now on both, which is cool, so. Many a nights I spent watching my oldest brother play Final Fantasy VII on original PlayStation. Sweet. Nice. I watched my brother play a lot of video games, too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a brother. Eric's just watching the menu screen. Is someone going to come in here and play this? I would always ask my brother if I could have a turn or, or could I play? And he's like, You are playing, like um, in The Simpsons yeah. with Bart and uh, Rod and Todd. Yeah. Yeah. Mean. You're lucky you didn't he's have like, a brother. Yeah, I get to play when they died, when Mm. Patrick died, but that didn't happen very often. So, and then you would die fast, right? And then you get much of a turn. Yeah, so life of the youngest child. Yeah, what are you gonna do, right? Yeah, the we're well, we're all babies. Yeah, all the we're all the youngest of the litter, (laughs) the runs. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, let's uh, let's start the show, shall we? Let's. 
All right. Well, welcome to Turn One Soul Ring. I'm Kevin. And I'm Eric. And today on the show, we have a very special guest host, our editor, Ainsley. Hi. I'm special. <laughs> you are. <laughs> and uh, we're going to we're going to be talking about today a new player's experience in Magic the Gathering in the form of your experience, Ainsley. That's right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and like my first time. <laughs> and like I said, um, you are the editor of the podcast, so That's we true. we appreciate you. That's you have nice. To listen to us ramble and cut through everything. Yeah, it's true. All she's, crap. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's heard all the all the raw files. Yeah, all the, all the horrible things we've said. When cats jump on the table. When somebody goes to the bathroom. That too. Yeah. When cats start playing with the toy. They do that. Um, we get distracted. Well, yeah, they're adorable. Come yes. on. Yeah. yeah, they're they're just beautiful kitties. <laughs> why don't we sort of explain? Your, um, we, we explained to the editor, but why don't we explain like your relation to Eric and I and, and like your relation to the podcast? And, uh, that's, uh, just funny little Easter egg here. Uh, the turn one soul ring intro, you know, turn one soul <laughs> ring. That's actually Ainsley's voice, uh, altered to sound like a deep robot voice. So now you can hear the original. Turn one soul ring. That's yeah. Hey. There you go. You can isolate that. Yeah. Yeah, I recorded that and I played it for Kevin and I was like, what do you think of this? He was like, Yeah. It's cool. Like, yeah. Okay. I like it. I like it. Yeah. And it just stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so my relation to you guys. Yeah. Um, okay, so Eric's my friend. Hi. Hi, Eric. We, we met through Kevin. We did. We met through That's Kevin. Right. Yes. Um, and um, Kevin and I met through OKCupid. Okay oh, wow. Six oh. years ago. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, Kevin and I are partners. Mm-hmm. And um, Kevin had been talking my ear off about magic and magic cards. And it was great. It was all very interesting. <laughs> she <laughs> has like, to say that. <laughs> It was interesting. Um, and I remember you telling me about other podcasts or, or about podcasts, about magic podcasts that you listen to and, and you know, referencing them often. And, and I remember saying to you, you should have a podcast. You know so much and you talk about it so much. And it'd be great if you had an outlet to talk about it that wasn't just me. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um. Yeah, so you know that that seed kind of got planted, and then yeah, and then I went and talked to Eric, who knows way more than me, so that so that I wouldn't have to do oh way more all Thanks. the work. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. I know things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, you're the dynamic duo, and yeah. uh, I offered to edit the show, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. For free. <laughs> For free. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I edit it out of the goodness of my heart. Yes, you do. <laughs> what um, a good heart. It's good. It works. <laughs> so before we get to well, I guess it is kind of the main topic, but how did how did you get into magic? What's what's your magic origin story? Well, my my first experience with magic. So uh, I have an older brother and he was really into magic uh, when he was younger. And one of my first memories of Magic the Gathering 
was um, my brother had a big binder full of cards. It was this big green binder. And one day it just was missing. And I guess, I don't know if he thought my mom had stored it somewhere or what, but he couldn't find it. And for years he tried to find this binder of magic cards because there was probably valuable cards in it. And it's probably true, there probably are valuable cards in it because it was old. Um, And still to this day, we haven't found it. So I don't know if it ended up in a garage sale or something. Does one of his like dirtbag friends take it? Could be. He had some dirtbag friends. Yeah. Yeah. I bet he did. What? That's a possibility. (laughs) Yeah. People know there's value in there. Maybe. I don't, I doubt it was taken by a friend. I have a feeling my mom, like, threw it in a garage sale or something. (laughs) But, yeah, so I I knew of Magic the Gathering. Um, I kind of knew the the gist of it. Um, And it wasn't until you got into it again. Again, yeah. Again, because you used to be into it when you were younger. Yep. And then, yeah, you started talking about it. And uh, I started hearing about it. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that that was kind of interesting. You know, I I kind of was able to learn a bit about the game and the cards and that kind of thing before I ever actually played it. So I had a, a fundamental understanding of the game. Yeah, we're just trying to kill each other. Isn't that the way? That's that's the way she goes. <laughs> that's, that's kind of nice to be able to understand it as well because there's a lot going on in Magic. It yeah. is very complicated. Yeah, it's a yes. it's a bit of a intimidating game to get into if you know absolutely nothing about it and have never played it. Yeah, but you're a games person. We're all, you know, gamesy. We're gamesters. Yeah. Like games. Games are good. I like games. Yeah. I feel like you know, there's there's two kinds of people in life, right? People like games. People who don't like games. If you like games, find someone else who likes games. Your yeah. life will just be happier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you don't like games, well... You can leave. Yeah. See ya. See ya. <laughs> I also mm-hmm. think games are great, too, because I think people always just think sometimes you're just wasting time with games. Hmm. But if you are playing new games and seeking out new things, um, it's keeping your brain active, and you're having to learn these new things. It kind of just like keeps the wheels turning and stuff, right? So, in yeah. a way... Games are good for you. Games are good for you. No, yeah, it's and uh, exercising the exercising like strategy, strategy, and and and, and math and yeah. politics that go into a lot of games. Like the, those are all muscles, and if you exactly. know, like any muscle, if you don't use it, it atrophies. And those are all incredibly valuable life skills to be applied in every facet of your life. Absolutely, yeah. and you don't even notice it. Strategy, sometimes. seriously. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Politics. Like it's a good strategy yeah. to stay right in the grocery store with your cart. What are you doing on the left side? It's like Don't a road. Don't you play games? Treat it like a road. Come on. <laughs> yes. Oh boy, sidewalk too. Stay to the right. Come on. Stay right. Yeah. It's like driving. Come it's on. Driving. Unless you're in Europe or elsewhere where you predominantly are on the left side. Yeah. Then sure. you stay to the left. Just stay where the cars are. Yeah. Well, that's the nice thing about uh, the p- parts of the United Kingdom that I've been to before is so people walk on the wrong side of the sidewalk here. But in the United Kingdom, when they walk on the wrong side of the sidewalk, it's the right side of the sidewalk for me. So, like, oh, so they should be walking on the left because they drive on the left, but they walk on the right because they're doing it wrong. But works works for me perfectly. Everybody's on the right. It's sure. It is zany, yeah. People are doing it wrong. <laughs> Everywhere. Well, at least here and there. People don't know how to walk. <laughs> oh, no. Just, it's hard. Yeah, they mm. should just stay home, I think. Eric, do you want to talk about the Challenger decks? That we yeah. that, that got fully spoiled earlier this earlier this week earlier last week earlier yeah February fifteenth 
Mm-hmm. Four days ago. I didn't even notice that these were spoiled, actually, until I saw this, so. All right. There yeah. you go. But, of course, so we have the new Challenger decks coming in. So, as before Challenger decks, they're a 60-card deck with a 15-card sideboard. If you want to start playing standard, the idea is you can pick up one of these decks, go to your F&M, and you can actually just play right away. That's right. Right, right out of the box. Ex- I was just going to say that. What's an F&M? <laughs> Friday Night Magic. Oh. Yeah. Hey. Excellent. <laughs> Learning new things every day. <clears throat> And so looking at uh, these decks, there's going to be four again, like there has been in the past. Yep. And I quite like uh, what they've done this time compared to other times. Yeah, they reprinted some of the best cards from Throne of Eldraine. Yes. Which is going to be in standard for a long time. Although they didn't print Great Henge. That would have been nice. It would have been nice. Thrown like four of those. and. But I think also my, my main um, problem last time was that we were in the guilds and then two of the decks... Or was it even three? Or like a monocolored? There was a red and white, Yeah, there was a red deck and then a white deck, yeah, that, which are pretty much yeah. the same thing. Right. And then and two w- other decks. Right. It's, it's an aggro, yeah. fast damage type strategy. Yeah. Um, so I think they did a very good job this time of spreading out what the decks do. Yeah. Uh, and also just like the color dispersion is really nice as well. So we do have, uh, the four of them are Allied Fires, Final Adventure, Cavalcade Charge and Flash of Ferocity. Um, and the color combinations? On those Allied Fires is just, well, it's just guy slash five color. Okay. <laughs> right, because you have the Fires of Invention, so you can cast spells for free. So, yeah, Allied Fires is really cool because it is based off the card uh, Fires of Invention, right. which is three of anything in a red for an enchantment. You may cast spells only during your turn, and you can only you can cast no more than two spells each turn. But then you can cast spells with CMC cost less than or equal to the number of lands you control without paying their mana cost. That's right. So if you have six lands, you can play two six CMC spells in a turn. Yeah. Yeah. And Pretty then strong. You can, and then you can use those lands for mana to activate abilities, you know, anytime. You can, exactly. You can still do that. So <clears throat> the deck has five different planeswalkers. You have Kenrith, the Return to King. Nice. And uh, there's some other stuff in there. Promo for yeah. This is a really fun deck. It's been very popular and standard since Fires of Venture came out. So it's really cool that they printed this deck that you can just go pick up. Right, right. And, um, then, and then make some modifications too. So it's even you know, like better. Up, up to snuff. Up to snuff. Um, <clears throat> probably one of the little more interesting ones was the. They did the Final Adventure, which is kind of like an adventure style deck. So we have the adventure cards from Throne of Eldraine. Right. Which you can <clears throat> cast like a, an instant or sorcery spell, and then you can still cast the creature side to it. Yeah. Um, and so this deck Old is adventure mechanic. this deck is blue black, and has a lot of cool cool adventure cards. Um, they did print again uh, the murderous rider, which is kind of getting up there. Yeah, there's two of those in there, right? They got two in there. Yeah. Which is really nice. And then I think Knight of the Even Legion is up there as well because it's like a one drop with death touch. Yeah. So that's up there as well. So it's really nice. Again, good reprints. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cavalcade Charge. It's a mono red deck. So it's kind of a, they always have a red deck. Red deck wins. Red deck wins. This one works off the Cavalcade of Calamity. Whenever a creature you control with power one or less attacks, Cavalcade of Calamity deals one damage to the opponent. So you have a bunch of like one drop creatures. Yeah. And you just like ping out your opponent. Um, this one I think has the least amount of value, though it does have an Ember Cleave in it. I think that's like a $20 artifact. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, and then my favorite of the bunch is Flash of Ferocity. Which, that's the Simic one? It's the Simic one. So it's Simic Flash. 
Um, so you have your Nightpack Ambushers, keep making wolves, and then you just, like, play spells on your opponent's turn. Yeah, that's that's what... Uh, and is does that one also have Fabled Passage? Or it they... has a Fabled Passage. Yeah, that's a very good reprint. Which is, like, a $30 Canadian land card. Yeah. So it's really nice that that's... Because these are going to be, like, 35 40 bucks. Yeah, that's... You just paid for itself right yeah, there. Yeah, right there, that one card. Yeah. So <clears throat> uh, this time, I think they hit it out of the park with these decks, personally. Mm-hmm. I like what's happening here. Yeah. Yeah, third time's a charm. Yeah. I guess this is the third time. Yeah. Yeah. And the first time they did this, the decks were only good for like six months. It was very close to rotate, yeah. much closer to rotation. Yeah, and it was like, we are now. who cares? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think they're cool. I mean, you know, I don't play standard. And, Me neither. You know, you play standard, but well, digitally. only in digital form. So, yeah. you know, these are probably not products that either of us will pick up, and Ainsley, you probably won't. It's not on my Christmas list this yeah, year. Yeah, pick up, pick up the, <laughs> the box set. But yeah, they do. Um, they're 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 great products for the for the players that they're targeting. Yeah, if you're looking to get into standard and you're looking for good value, uh, these will be good value for you. Yeah, and you can take these down to F and M. You know, you're not going to win the whole tournament, but you might win a game here or there. Oh, totally. So you can you can definitely you definitely have some fun. And they are all they are all a part of an archetype where you can just upgrade. Uh, to make it better and actually have a completely competitive deck. That's right. Yeah. All right, so let's get to the whole thing about learning to play. The whole thing? The whole thing. The whole th- rigmarole. The whole thing. So <laughs> basically, you know, I didn't have any friends and I didn't no. I didn't know I didn't know anybody that knew how to play magic, so I was like I'll teach Ainsley how to play. <laughs> Perfect. Cuz cuz like we said, you know, we're all gamesy. Yeah. So, what I and did. Magic is fun. Magic is fun. I oh, think. it's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. No, Eric's looking is, at me like, Eric's right. like what? Right? Huh? <laughs> yes, Eric. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> so what I did was I made a just a tabletop, um, you know, not not standard, not modern, just a a, a kitchen table. Was yeah, the phrase I was looking for. A kitchen table sixty card magic deck for Ainsley. It was. Uh, Green, white, Celestia, uh, cats. It was cats. Yeah. Cool. Nice. And um, so for those of you trying to get your girlfriend or significant other into the game of magic, I think you'll have a lot more success if instead of you getting them to play your decks that you've built for yourself, try to find something that they like. Mm-hmm. It's even if it's you know even if they haven't played magic before and they don't know what they like, but you know I think a good uh, a great thing for new players is like a tribal type deck and you choose a tribe that you know like Ainsley and I both well Eric you love kitties too we all love kitties yeah we're a pro kitty podcast pro I think kitty. so tutorial <laughs> stands cats are good yeah <laughs> objectively and uh, so that's that's what I did so I think you could apply that to like. Whatever, right? Like, oh, totally. If you like fairies, if you like vampires. Or mermaids. Mer- merfolk. Uh, yeah. Yes, sorry. Merfolk, yeah. <laughs> no, same thing. Equality. Yeah, they look the same. Merfolk. Yeah. You, or spikes. That's a creature type. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Yeah. The spike, spike feeder. Spike, spike feeders. It's, it's a summon spike. It's like, I like spikes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, that's what I did. And I taught you how to play using that deck and mm-hmm. I, I was probably playing some greasy 60 card deck mm-hmm. against you but yeah it was just like a cat you know just swarm the board with little kitties 
life gain, tokens. And it was fun. All that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was yours. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Um, it was very approachable. There are yeah. 11 spikes in magic. Just well, letting you know. Yeah, you put you get you get some four ofs. You got yourself a deck. You, you got a spike deck, <laughs> baby. You got a stew going. Uh, <laughs> they are all zero zeros, and they come in with counters. So that's actually cool. Yeah, you get some counter synergies. Yeah. Well, if you know anybody who likes to wear like those spikes, remember those spike uh huh spike <laughs> bracelets. Bracelets. Yeah. yeah. That were popular in high school. I had those. Yeah, <laughs> that was cool. You have the like leather jacket that has the like spiky studs right? on it. Yeah. You do the spiky hair that your mom put on for you. Your mom, like, put the spikes oh, on for right. you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. My mom would have, but... Yeah. I guess not all moms. I guess some people were cool enough to do it themselves. My or mom, they just bought it. Yeah. Right. They sell them like yes. that. Well, but like, it was, if you're made of money. It was yeah, so sure. much more hardcore to, like, go to a secondhand store and find a leather jacket. And, and do it yourself. yourself. You're yeah. like, I'm, ho- I'm hardcore. I'm hardcore. Hardcore. I, I, I can I, do <laughs> arts and crafts. <laughs> I know how to sew Makes me bitches. Hardcore. Yeah. I would go to secondhand stores and buy long sleeve shirts, and I would get my mom to sew the uh, the seam so that they'd be like very tight, and then I would wear a t shirt over them. Mm. Remember that when the long sleeve and oh, the yeah. t shirt was a thing? Oh yeah. Yeah, I used to rock that pretty hard. I used to wear skirts over pants. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun, fun, fun time of layering mm-hmm. back in the aughts. In the yachts. The aughts. It's like the this, decade between the nineties and the tens. Yeah, the zeros. It's like you say you you can say like twenty ought two. You can say that. <laughs> Learning something new. Cool. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, that's that's sort of how I got you started. And really, all that I did was I looked up the comprehensive rules of magic um, because I was also getting into it. This was also the time where I was kind of getting back into the game. I was looking at all my cards from years and years of collecting and having them sit in a box. And I was also getting Commander at this time uh, for the first time. And you like want to play properly. Like, you want to know how the game works. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I learned a lot from doing that, just yeah. looking at the comprehensive rules and going through the phases of a turn and just breaking it down very simply. Well, having to teach someone else something is a great way to become more knowledgeable on the subject. Absolutely. Yourself, Absolutely, right? yeah. yeah. I have here is, uh, is Age of Factor in in learning to play magic. I mean, obviously you can't teach, it'd be very difficult to teach magic to a baby. Well, yeah. So age, age, age is of course, age is of course a factor, but I know when I (laughs) learned how to play, well, I'm just, you know, just using that as like a jumping off point. I know that when I learned how to play, I was about nine, um, nine or 10, and I really didn't have a firm grasp on the game. And that being said, you know, that some of that is potentially the teacher. <laughs> and, you know, that, that was a different time where, like, you didn't have the internet as a resource and no. you could look up the rules and how everything worked. So I think that... Um, I remember, like, I had a friend that we, like, he collected magic cards, so we would play with them. And, like, mana burn was the most confusing thing ever. We're like, what is this? Doesn't yeah. exist anymore. No, it doesn't. <laughs> what is that, Eric? Yeah, but at that time, uh, it was confusing as all hell. You just take a damage for each unspent mana in your pool, right at the end of your turn. That's how it works, right? But then you're like, why would you have mana left over? And then like, what is, yeah? Oh, I didn't understand when I first started playing. I didn't understand the difference between basically a land. I didn't understand that the mana pool was this intangible thing, where the mana goes. Right. Until you're you just use like. It. 
the yeah. the land, you tap the land to play the thing. Yeah. So did you didn't know there was a mana pool? No. Yeah. Uh, and there's and there's quite a bit of that going on. Um, yeah, I, f- I feel like at each time I got back into magic, I was a little bit more equipped to understand it. But just keep building on like kind of like what you've known in the past. Yeah. So you know, age is a factor, but I don't know how how much of a factor. I think a lot of it is a lot more of it is potentially the teacher. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I saw a meme the other day that was, you you are never too old. It's never too late. So, you know, you're never too old to learn how to play magic. Yeah. Sometimes it is too late though. Like if you're careening off a cliff in your car, like well, that's too, it's too late then. <laughs> It's like, maybe I could go to law school. <laughs> it's like, no, it's you're done. <laughs> <laughs> While you're plum- plummeting to your death? Yeah, too late to go to law school. I think it's too late for anything at that point. <laughs> yeah. You're yes. to your death. Yes. Yes. You did. All right, really so um, after, after, the, after the cat deck, um, which we haven't touched... We haven't. Does we used to call exist? it my kitties. Yeah, the kitties. It still exists. Yeah, yeah. It's still it's still somewhere. It's still in. It's so old that it is in Dragon Shield sleeves. Before you had a matte option. Oh. Just regular Dragon Shield, so they stick together. Yeah. And they're pink. You wouldn't believe they are pink. Yes. Yes, that was also fun. Also, color <laughs> color has a factor as well. Like if you're gonna sleeve up a deck, put it in. A color that a color they like. That they like. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice. It's a nice touch. It was really nice, and I I love Hello Kitty, so it was pink. It was cats. Perfect. <sighs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, I could have done vampires too. You like vampires? Yeah. But they're not like cute and cuddly. No, they're sexy. Yeah, they're really sexy. <laughs> There's all the sexy cards in Magic. That was another thing. It's like, whoa. Yeah, the art on this. Yeah. Some of them, yeah. I think like Magic is very good at keeping things more tame compared to other stuff Others? that's out though. Sure. Yeah. There were lots of cats with big giant boobs though <laughs> in that deck. Yeah, and the and the and the male cats are all also jacked. Like, just like a Johnny's big, like, like the pecks on him. Yeah, he's yeah. handsome. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. He's a handsome boy. <laughs> Hit up that cat. <laughs> so um, staying on the topic of cats, like I was also have you seen cats? <laughs> I haven't seen cats, but it has lost a ton of money. Yeah, I haven't well, seen yeah, it. Either. It's, it looks terrifying. It's yeah, terrible. It's a bit much. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was getting into commander, and I decided to build you a commander deck because mm-hmm. again, no one to play with. So womp, womp. <laughs> yeah, it was sad. We gotta get that sound bite. <laughs> so I stayed on the 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 cat tribal sort of theme theme yes thank you and the commander that i decided to build around i went with mono white you know i didn't know that much about the format and how bad mono white was but anyways i don't think it's bad hot take okay. but i don't really know a lot that's so a hot, that's a hot take <laughs> i mean like the sram deck is good yeah yeah but we'll save that for later so um yeah kemba car regent she's got some cans on her She's one and two white for a legendary creature cat cleric 2-4. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a 2-2 white cat creature token onto the battlefield for each equipment attached to Kemba Ka Regent. Right. Mm. So, yeah, this deck was a equipment synergy deck. You know, you've got, uh, you know, ways to draw cards based on equipments. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, 
you get a bunch of 2-2 cat tokens. So it was sort of, it wasn't really a Voltron deck, it was more like a go wide deck. You just get a bunch of cat tokens and you just you just swing in. And Attack. Or the fences. Swing for the fences. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Jump over the fences because it's cats. <laughs> What's that funny thing that all the young kids are saying? He protect, he attack. He roll over on his back. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's good because it's cats. <laughs> oh man, we're so young yes, and hip. That's yeah, that is <laughs> that's the thing that's, that they that's say. That's a meme. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm one to talk. I like the stonks meme. <laughs> stupid. It's stupid. You'll be like giggling, and then you turn your phone over to me, and I'm like, I don't. It's I stonks. Don't like it. The stonks meme again. I yeah. Don't get it. <laughs> I'm not sure that I get it either, but I think But it's you'll funny. love it. I love it, yeah. You know, you, you admit it. You like what you like. Heart wants what it wants. So anyways, so Kevin that's... Kevin Hart swan stonks. <laughs> yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. That's how the deck started out, and um, I thought it was a good idea to keep the deck monocolored because it's just less things to worry about. You don't have to worry about fixing... You know, you kind of yeah. do, but not yeah. nearly as much. Not as much. It does keep things a little more straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. And um, also, going for a combat damage strategy, I felt was uh, very straightforward for a beginner. You also are more restricted in uh, deck alterations that you can make. And I think that makes it a little easier to build on what you already have. Yeah, and like when new cards come out, like when you see an upgrade, it's easier because you're like, this is my strategy. All I can do is white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah. white. Artifacts and stuff. That's it. <laughs> I'm white. Um, <laughs> and I think what's smart about doing that too is in the beginning when you're trying to learn like what's a good hand to keep um, initially, you you all you have to do is figure out how many lands you have, not like I need to make sure I have a balance of like this color and this color to make sure I can do this, this, and this. It's just the amount of lands. That's all you need mm-hmm. to worry about. I have yeah. three. Let's I have three. Go. Let's keep this. Yeah. <laughs> and especially in a deck that was so artifact heavy, you also are even less concerned with color, even though Kembo was double white. So you still, still a little bit. But um, Kemba was a little bit slow, and, uh, you know, we kind of wanted to, you just, you play a deck and you kind of want to make it the best that it can be. And yeah. in, in mono-white, uh, with the skeleton of the deck that already existed, I thought the best thing to do was to make the switch to SRAM Senior Edificer, who at the time was a brand new card that had been released in uh, the Aether Revolt set, which was, you know, a couple years ago at this point, probably more. Yeah, SRAM is one in a white for a uh, legendary creature, Dwarf Advisor. You got uh, it. He's a 2-2, and whenever you cast uh, a vehicle, an aura, or an equipment spell, you draw a card. So it's pretty straightforward. He wants you to... He wants to be a Voltron commander. Yep. And he also has, like, card advantage built in, which is always good in commander. Yeah, and especially... That being something that is um, One inherent, of white's... Weak, inherent weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, in doing this, by this point, you had already, you know, you understood how to play and you were pretty proficient at the game. But I think, you know, in retrospect, a Voltron commander might have been even easier to play as a beginner. Mm-hmm. Than the Kemba. Right. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she she appealed to the cat lover in me, but right. yeah, SRAM was definitely. I definitely started to enjoy it more once you switched out him because, like you said, the the Kemba deck was slow, and well, slower. I I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I just thought maybe I was slow, but then <laughs> it, it's like so once you kind of put SRAM in and the deck got a bit faster, and, and you're I drawing was drawing cards every time you're playing something. It feels like yes, and I was able to kind of do some things and attack, and I, I kind of felt more confident. I enjoyed it more and wanted to play more. Um, so that that was definitely very helpful, and it, it was it's a straightforward strategy, right? Build up your guy, attack with your guy, Boom. protect your guy, <laughs> right? Save so, your guy, save your guy, and 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 that was good, and you know it's a good way to, you know, get to know all the artifacts in your deck because there was such a focus on it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so and different ways to tutor for specifically. Mm-hmm. And also, if you are like playing more artifacts, you're drawing more, so you are seeing more of the deck on a yeah. average basis of playing. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely the most. That was the most probably the most overwhelming part of not the most overwhelming part. It was an overwhelming part of learning how to play, especially Commander. There's so many cards, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I don't know what they are. I don't know what's good. So um, you know, something that I think was also valuable about the way you built the SRAM deck was there wasn't a lot of tutor cards. Like, there was some, obviously, but it wasn't heavy in tutoring, and that way, you know, I can just sort of learn the basics of it without yeah. having the pressure of, like, okay, now i got to look through my deck yeah. for something. I don't know what I'm looking it's for. Like, yeah, I get a tune artifact. I, there's 20. What am I doing? <laughs> what, which one's good? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you tell me. But that's the thing when, as well. When we first started playing, there was a lot of that, right? Like I think that's that's also a big part of, of getting someone into magic is you're not – when you first start, you're not really playing a competitive game together, right? Like you're – Oh, no. You're playing no. to learn. Yeah. And – you know, you advised me a lot. I would be like, I don't, I don't know what to do next. I don't know what would be strategic here. And you'd say, well, do you have a card like this? Or do you have a card like this? Um, or, if, yeah. Yeah, like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, essentially. You know, yeah. and it wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't like I'm showing you cards out of my hand, but it was just like, you know, my this is my board state is as such. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you know, this is something you should deal with. Right. Or then, like, a combat that's just, like, if you have these creatures to attack with, this is what I would block with. Like, this is how it would happen mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there's just, there's so many layers to magic, and there's so many layers to a, a game of commander. Um there's multiple strategies kind of going on at once and multiple factors, right? So you have the factor of what cards am I pulling? What is my opponent doing? What do I have in my hand? Um, you know, how how am I how's my opponent coming at me? Come are at they me. are they coming at me? Um or are they just kinda like coming at me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, I think having as few layers at a time, like to, to start initially, right? So just sort of keeping it a little bit simpler, yeah. right? To yeah, start. Sim- simplifying it. Um, and, you know, kind of initially making it, okay, the point is to see what cards I get and to figure out how to play them right now in this game mm-hmm. and not really look at sort of the bigger picture 
Yeah, and I think with a Voltron strategy, what's great about it, uh, especially SRAM, is... You know, you're playing an equipment or you're playing an aura. The, you know, the aura is going right onto SRAM in most cases. And your strategy is, I want to make SRAM's power as high as possible so I can deal 21 damage to an opponent as quickly as possible. And beyond that, the only thing I'm interested in, past staying alive, is making sure SRAM can attack without blockers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or if there are blockers, SRAM is so big that they're not going to want to block. So that I think that's why Voltron is it really um, lends itself to a, a new player experience. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like we've we've said that Magic is a complex game and is is difficult to learn and does take years to learn. I mean, we just um, you know, like I'm I'm still learning things about the game and the stack and priority and how all that stuff works. It's very complicated. I'm still learning stuff too, yeah. yeah. Like it's Magic is such a large game that there's so much to dive into that there is like stuff you can keep learning about the game as you play over mm -hmm. the years. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, beyond like learning what was in your deck, like what, what were some of the things that were the most difficult to sort of wrap your head around mm -hmm. you know we talked a little bit about the mana pool for instance mm -hmm. do you, do you know what the stack is that's the order of actions yeah the order of, the of resolutions from spells and activated abilities <laughs> yeah yes yeah yeah i know that yeah. <laughs> and that that was that was a tricky part there's lingo, right? There's words that mean certain things. And can we be like, okay, yeah, that one has haste. I'm like, ah, and I'd be like you're no, going to have to tell me what that no, means again. unaffected by summoning sickness. You're like, what's summoning, summoning sickness? <laughs> I mean, that one, what's, what's a lovely thing about magic is they, they have very lovely descriptive words for some of the actions as well as some of the card titles. And they managed to strike this balance of like, creative and interesting but also i understand what it means summoning sickness i get it like yeah mm -hmm. obviously when he's summoned he can't he can't do the things because he's sick yeah or so. like you're like vigilance right like they it doesn't cause them to tap when they attack because they're they're remaining vigilant to yeah. block yeah yeah i mean that one that one makes sense after you know it but if you were to say that card is vigilance be like way to Stay in there, card. <laughs> Way to be vigilant. Does, so does it not die? Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what? <laughs> kind of vigilant? No, that'd be like indestructible, which is very straightforward. <laughs> that is, see that that to makes most. more sense. Yes. Although, yeah, <laughs> I feel like there's been episodes you guys have talked about indestructible and how it's like confusing. No, there was someone on the Instagram yes, who didn't know that's it. That's why we talked about it recently. Yeah. But I don't yeah. want to lampoon this person. Yeah. No, yeah. no. <laughs> but it, it was interesting. It was an yeah. interesting yeah. Uh, thing that happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so that <laughs> the, the lingo was challenging, um, especially when you're playing with someone who's a little more seasoned, right? And it just like, like when you guys talk about it, and you're like, oh yeah, those are the ETBs and F and M's and um, LG LGSs, and like <laughs> that's a lot of acronyms. <laughs> what does all this mean? WTF? Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, so that that was challenging, but but. You know, you you were very patient with me. You would explain again and again and again what what these words meant because I would ask over and over. Got to be patient. Um, it's, it's it's a lot. And that's it, it. At the end of the day, that's probably the most important thing when you're teaching someone how to play magic is you have to be very patient um, because it is it's a very complex game. Um, 
Another thing that I found challenging was, um, I don't know why, the power and toughness thing. I found that to be complicated when I first started playing. It is, it's not, there's, for me, there's something about it that's not intuitive. And in retrospect, thinking about it now, Mm -hmm. it's the simplest, most straightforward thing in the world. But I remember having a difficult time just kind of like wrapping your head around get, it. Getting used to it and like, mm-hmm. you know, but now it's like, you know, anything feel like an X. Mm-hmm. I always, I always called it attack and defense. Always. That's yeah. smart. Which yeah. is just like, yeah. Um, now I do say power toughness because like that's how magic words things. But they'll always kick like, you out if you don't say it right. In my head, I was, I was like, oh, it's attack defense. Like that's, yeah. yeah. just seems like a game thing. Like Right. Right. Yeah. It, it does make more sense that way. That's actually a really good idea to kind of tweak that lingo to kind of start with. Um, yeah, I just struggled to wrap my head around. I'd be sitting there with with guys or when I was playing my Kemba deck with tokens, and it's like, okay, so should I attack you with these guys or should I not because they're just going to die? Right, if I block. If you block, like mm-hmm. that that was challenging. Yeah. That took some time to kind of get my head wrapped around it. And even still, I have to... Oh, I have to do math when I'm playing. Think about like, it. I have to, yeah. I have to think <laughs> yeah. about it, too. And especially in a token-based strategy, like any go-wide strategy, you end up doing so much math. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of math. There's a lot of math. A lot of mm-hmm. math and magic. In general. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of math and magic. <clears throat> um, yeah, and I think eventually what I started to do is I would just build up SRAM until he was so big that I could swing at you for a lot. Or I would only swing at you if you had no guys. Or SRAM was unblockable. Yeah. 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 Um, or can't be blocked is what, they, <laughs> what we got to say now. Yeah. yeah. So I would say, you know, make sure whoever you're playing with kind of, again, you're just, you're being patient with them. You're explaining, you're kind of sh- telling them a little bit what they should do on their turn to start with. Let them try and figure it out on their own. Encourage them to kind of tell you what they're up to. Or if they say, okay, I'm going to swing at you for this. And you're like, that's a bad idea because. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a little bit of that initially to kind of help them learn and wrap their head around it. Um, You definitely don't want to just come right out and tell them exactly what to do. Let them try. Let them try things. Um, Absolutely. Because that's a good way to learn strategy. stuff as well. You mm-hmm. know, trying things for yourself. And there was a couple of times where we were a little bit further along in my learning the game. And I'd been playing for a while. And I would say, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. And you might have, like, tweaked that strategy a bit. And you're like, oh, I this is what I would do, actually. So then I'd go, oh, maybe I should do that instead. And there was one game, I remember you advised me to do something. And if I had done it the way I had thought, I would have ended up winning the game. But it's also oh. hard when, you know, you're playing with someone and they have their <laughs> strategy in mind and they know what they're going to do. Right. Yeah. Right? So you kind of have to put that, you have to kind of take the advice with a grain of salt and... Yeah, and going back to the topic of combat, um, something that I remember doing somewhat often is if you ha- if I let's say you know I'm playing a deck like Yisan, Wan- sure. Wanderer Bard, so you know you end up with a lot of mana rocks or mana dorks, not mana rocks, and you know if Ainsley has a bunch of two two cats or a big you know SRAM with a bunch of stuff, a bunch of equipment strapped onto him, just 
from a strategic perspective, uh, especially if SRAM ha- were to have Trample, it's unlikely that I'll block with a Llanowar Elves or an Elvish Mystic because mm-hmm. I want those for... Those are like... You can almost think about those as lands, right? They're mana producers. I'm not mm-hmm. going to use... So, from a, so just reminding... Uh, the person that you're teaching of things like that, like from a, I might block, but from a strategic perspective, it's unlikely that I'll block with these utility type creatures. Yeah. It's like, if this creature is doing something for me, be it mana or like some other ability, I may not want to block and lose it. I I need it for something else. I might just rather take the risk and take the commander damage. Yeah. Yes. That was helpful too. When you would point that out. Something else I remember, and I think this is specific to your, personality and the way that you play games in general but i remember you didn't like to do things like play board wipes no or do things like especially if there are one-sided board wipes where you ended up fine and just do things like like removal or counter spells or or stop players from doing things that they wanted to do so if you guys were like spiky players like if you were to be self-proclaimed spiky players spikes yeah spikes I would be like the anti spike. <laughs> I I really don't like getting people. Yeah. I don't <laughs> I would love to just put my nice equipments on SRAM and build him up and get him all strong. I'm just gonna play my game and, and then, then I'll you get you. Because <laughs> that's straightforward. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to swing at each other for damage. And I would sit there sometimes with a mitt full of board wipes. It's mono white. And, ca- and counter spells sometimes. <laughs> yeah, lots and I of just, certainty. And I'd just be like, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't want to ruin your fun. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like it when you would muck up my stuff. Of course. And, you know, I, I guess you, I'm... You got to get them back. Yeah. But I'm, I'm well, not and that's, vengeful. <laughs> it's not. And, you know, I am vengeful. And I will get people back, even if it's not my best interest. But generally when I play Magic, I do do things strategically. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, yeah, you want to strap SRAM all up and make him, you know, a good boy. But <laughs> Big beater boy. Big, big beater boy, boy. Big boy. But sometimes SRAM has been destroyed so many times that he costs 10 mana and everyone's building up a board, and you just got a wrath of God to kind of reset the scales, yep. you know, until you draw your command beacon so you can get SRAM back in your hand, which you know you know now. Absolutely. But yeah. So it's it. Yeah. It's but it's just I, you know that's that's yeah. just a and you know, I, that's a fun little. It is. Yeah. yeah. And I I did get more comfortable with it as things went on, and and that's sort of another interesting piece to kind of think of when you're building a deck for someone. Because all of the colors kind of have their own personalities, mm-hmm. um, as you will know from listening to the Color Pie series. Yeah, check it out. Check it out. We have how many colors left that we, have, we still we, we still need to do red and green. green. Yeah. yeah, two left. The so, Urg and so we're Uber. taking our time. That's right. The yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> uh, I know things. Um, yeah, yeah. So think about that, right? So white really appeals to me still because it is kind of, it's good, right? Like it's a little bit more amicable. I mean, it does have board wipes, but um, it's a little bit, I mean, it is even the, even the themes of the card, uh, the cards are typically lighter and um, sort of pacifistic. Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Pacifism. That's a card. There you go. But even, but even the board wipes, even though they're destroying creatures, because white arguably has the best creature removal, at least mass creature removal, I would say. 
um, yeah. among the colors. But even in a lot of those board wipes, it's depicting like a cleansing, right? It's like cleaning the board. Wrath of God. Yeah. Just God's wrath yeah. coming on down. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly, right? Like it's, um, there's a lightness even to the dark parts yeah. of the <laughs> cards. Yeah. Um, Instead of black versus damnation. Right? You know, everything's over. Yeah. Don't do like a crazy intense deck like that for someone who's just starting out, like where, you know, your strategy is like, you got to get rid of all your cards and put them in your graveyard so then you can dig them up later and that's how you win. <laughs> like, it's, it's confusing when you're yeah. new. It's confusing when you're not new. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, being strategic about what, what color as well. Yeah. You also you you made me a green deck of elves. Yeah, that's right. And that one was fun too. Yeah, because that, that one's also. Yeah, that's a go wide. Mm-hmm. It was a Zuri Renegade leader. Yeah, so I, I think elves are your elves. a pretty good starting point for mm-hmm. a lot of players for sure. because it's a good um, tribe that just really builds on itself. Yes, yeah. and, and it's I, strong. Truly, Very and I so. I remember being like. I have so much mana. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can, what am <laughs> I, I going to do? Gonna, things, I don't know. Like... What am I going to do with all this <laughs> mana? Yeah. So um, that's another another good beginner color, I think. Um, yeah. So that, that, was, that was difficult at first for me to kind of get over that. Um, and again, I think it just kind of went with, I was trying to figure out what the heck I was doing. And once I figured that out, it's like, okay, I feel more comfortable mucking with you now that I know yeah. What's going on? Absolutely. Yeah. What's good? Don't play it. If you're playing against someone, don't play one of the decks where you take their cards. <laughs> it well, sucks. I, th- I think we both agree <laughs> on that one. Um, and what about what about doing things at instant speed? Oh, yeah. So that was challenging for me, too. Um, so I don't know if you're familiar with the game Wizard, Eric. It's kind of like... It's, it comes in like a little blue box and like... Yeah, yeah that's true. You take tricks. I played tricks. Wizard a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. There's Trump. It's similar to Whist for those who may know about that. Or like spades uh, or hearts. Kind of, yeah. There's yeah. Trump. Trump suits and you're taking tricks, but yeah. in hearts you're trying not to take tricks. Um, oh, I used to love playing hearts. Oh, man. Like Good on game. PC, Windows, whatever, yeah, 90, whatever. Just <laughs> oh, yeah. Hours of that. And when, yeah, when you broke hearts, there was that little ching like the glass breaking sound good times um yeah so in wizard uh when you play a wizard it is like the ultimate trump card it trumps all and you get to take the trick and in wizard you have to call how many tricks you're gonna get when i play wizard if i have a wizard i like to play it as soon as i possibly can get my trick and we're good to go kevin likes to keep his wizard until the end and then he kind of swoops in and takes the trick, and that's sort of his strategy. I don't think that's he swoops what always in. happens. But <laughs> swoops in. He swoops. Sometimes I'll say zero, and then I'll try to get rid of my wizard. That's fun, too. Um, <laughs> but that's it's a risky game. But he's leaving it for a strategic time. Sure, yes, instead exactly. Of, instead of just jumping the gun. Right. And that's, and that's, <laughs> that's fine, too. Um, so... With with me, I think I kind of, that's sort of like my instinct. It's like I have this card, I want to play it, I want to yeah. get it and make sure I can get it done, right? Get yeah. in, get out. Yeah. So I would have cards in my hand, it'd be my turn. I would have the mana that I had, and I'm like, okay, I have this card and I want to play it. And it would, play be, it. it would be an instant. Like, like Path oh. to Exile. Yeah. So it's my turn, I play my instant. 
And Kevin would be like, so... You should wait. You should wait. If you're not going <laughs> to use the mana. If you're not going to use mana. So, right, if you're not going to use the mana, wait until a more strategic time to use that instant. So, because there's the flow of actions in a turn. Yeah, there's there's untap. Untap. Upkeep. Upkeep. Um... Combat. Main phase? Draw. Draw phase. Main phase one. Yeah. Combat. All the phases of combat. Main phase two. Then then we do go to straight to end step? End step. And then discard? And technically there's a cleanup phase. Right. After end step? Yeah. Because that's when you discard? That's, that's cl- cleanup is like checks your hand size. It removes damage off of creatures. Right. They go back and all that kind of stuff. So I was yes. low-key counting on my hands there how many steps that is, and I have all my fingers up. Okay. So it's, it's, yeah, there's a lot. It's a lot of steps, right? <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of phases in a turn, and that was another difficult thing to wrap your head around, um, to wrap my head around. Maybe. No, yeah, me too. To wrap anyone's head around. Yeah. It's it's tricky. Of course. Um, and actually with the turn thing, there's actually a really nice, like, I think you just type it into Google, there's a really nice image that somebody's made that just has the, like, everything's, like, laid out and yeah, it has, like, different color that. codes to it. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And it's actually really nice for newer players. Visual yeah. aids are good. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, that's also really smart. Do some Googling before you teach someone. Mm-hmm. Google what Eric just said. That sounds great. That would have been <laughs> very handy. Yes. You did great, but that would have been very handy. Um... <laughs> Yeah, because I, I found that confusing and try to remember that along with what all the words meant and what cards were in my deck and all that jazz. Um, yeah, so I always wanted to play my instance when it was my turn. It's my turn, I play my instant. And you would encourage me to play it during my second main phase? Is that when you play instance? Well, that's when you do everything because you, you go through combat before you play anything generally, even lands. But because... Is- you, the, 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 the thing about it is, where if we're talking about instance or any other type of card, uh, in general, what you want to do is you want to w- wait as long as you possibly can to do anything because you're gaining information as yep. you go. And the more information means you can make the most informed decision possible. So if you're playing stuff on your first main phase before you attack... You're giving your opponent more information before you attack with the creatures that you have because now you've already spent mana and played cards and they're like, oh, I have a better decision of what I can now do with the stuff that I have. Mm-hmm, for sure. I'd say another good strategy when you're teaching someone to play magic who's new to magic is don't try and sit down and explain everything. At once. In a shot. Oh, of course not. Yeah. Explain the phases. Explain the gist of what you're trying to do. You are trying to get rid of this person's life, right? Yeah. Or explain what your deck does. Um, and basically what the strategy of the deck is and what you're trying to do. But yeah, I'd say let it unfold and explain it as it unfolds rather than trying to explain it all up front because it is, it's is—it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's very, a lot to learn. Very much so, yeah. I can't imagine explaining it to someone without even having, like, cards in front of me. Oh, no. Like, I, th- I feel like I would get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's too much going on and too much information to not have something to visually see and look at to, like... And then every time, you know, okay, if this happens, th- there's so many forks that can come off of that. Oh, yeah. So it's just... It's, uh, it's like those so choose-your-own-adventure books from yeah. elementary yeah. school. Yeah, Scholastic Book Fair. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I never read any of those, but I knew of them. It was fun. But then you'd start choosing your own adventure, and then you'd end up in the same route over and over again. It was stupid. 
<laughs> yeah, I wonder if those are still around. Like, if they still print new ones. If they still make choose-your-own-adventure books? Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of fun. It is. It's also a way to not have to read the whole entire book, which is also kind of fun if you don't want to read the whole book. <laughs> yeah, I never thought of that. <laughs> yeah, good times. So, um, is there anything else that you want to share about your magic experience, Inslee? Is there anything else? Well, I mean, I I don't know if I have anything else in terms of what my experience was like, but I did write down some questions that I want to throw at you guys as oh, sure. Sure. a novice player. Yeah. Yeah. As your editor. Yep. And as just a curious human being. Okay. Okay. Sounds Let's good. Let's do it. Okay, so all right, let me consult my notes here. Okay. Sure. So this, I think you guys might have kind of answered it because you were talking about it a little bit. Cause I <laughs> so you guys will say things in shows and yep. sometimes I'll I'll be like, I wonder what that means. I should ask them. Oh. Um so I wrote, what does it mean when cards are dorky? But you mean like mana dorks. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So just a creature that taps for mana is a mana dork. Is a mana dork. Yeah. A creature that taps for mana. And a mana okay. rock is an artifact that taps for mana. Oh, I didn't know. So you got yeah. a rock and a dork. <laughs> so Cute. like if you have a pet rock, you're a dork. And then Isn't that the name <laughs> of a baby whale? Rock dork? Uh, no, a dork. <laughs> <laughs> rock dork. No, a baby whale is a calf. Like a cow. It's the same. They're both calves. But there's something that's a dork. It's a baby something, Eric, and it's a dork. Eric's looking it up. Whip out the Google. <laughs> uh, and then if it's an artifact creature that also taps for mana, then it's a rock dork. Really? No. It's, I think it's just, ridiculous. A, it's just a dork. Uh, I typed in, like, baby dork, and <laughs> you just get, like, pictures of babies with glasses. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Nerd babies. I feel like, okay, I'm not going to Google it now, but, you know, if you're out there and you're War like, yeah. horse, little baby dork. I don't know, like. Could be, could be, it could be in French. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, yeah. Okay, what does it mean when you get two for one? Oh, Eric, why don't you take this one? Sure. So you have a creature, and then you decide you put an aura on it. So now that creature has an aura on it. Two cards. Two cards. And then somebody takes their one removal spell and hits your creature, which gets rid of both those cards. Ah. Yeah, so you've spent two cards, and the opponent's only spent one card. Neat. So they're ahead. Right. And you lose your auras, but you don't lose your artifacts. Your artifacts stay on the board. That is true, if they're yeah. equipments, yeah. If they're they equipments, the yeah, they if will stay. If they're equipments. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's why I opted for... That is why for, I did say aura. Yeah, that's why I opted for equipments when I was building SRAM. Because you could totally go the aura route. You could even go the vehicle route if you what wanted is, to. What are vehicles? I've never even encountered these. They are a... a they're a card... It's a, is it a card type? It's an actual card type. It, it started in Kaladesh, and it's a certain... Um, it's an artifact, um, and then it has a crew cost, so you can tap creatures equal to the crew cost for the power, mm -hmm. and that artifact turns into a creature. So a vehicle has a... It's a, So they're artifact vehicles, and if they have a crew cost of three... Then you have to tap creatures with combined toughness, power, power of three, and then that artifact vehicle becomes a creature until end of turn. So you can attack with it, and oftentimes with the vehicles, their mana cost uh, versus their power toughness, uh, you got a very good rate for it. So you'd have like a three mana five five. Cool. Mm -hmm. Anytime I put one on the field, I would go. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> That's why we don't have any artifacts in SRAM, because I knew you would do that. Oh. <laughs> don't need any Unpredictable. of that. Unpredictable. <laughs> um, okay, what's a Lands Matter deck? Kevin has one of these, and I don't. Uh, I, I have a couple of these. So a Lands Matter deck is just when you have a commander, like, let's say, um, Lord Windgrace, who just, the commander, or or Omnath, Locus of Rage, the commander cares about lands either entering the battlefield or entering the graveyard, and a lot of times your deck, you know, a regular commander deck should have anywhere between, like, 35 and 37 lands, and in a lands matter deck, you have closer to 50 lands. It's closer to half the deck. So, you know, it's it's your commander has landfall, so whenever a land enters the battlefield, or you have, like, the Gitrog monster, where whenever a land enters the graveyard from anywhere, which makes the Gitrog monster so good, mm-hmm. that's a lands matter deck. So it's just where... It's like a lands deck. Yeah, so it's, it's, like it's what your, it your means. Your strategy is lands. Yeah. Lands matter. Lands like, matter. it, it yeah. literally is what it is. Yeah. yeah. And that's what's interesting, again, about magic is... Um, you know, sometimes the lingo is super straightforward. It's literally lands matter, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then... It's like, the thing explains the thing. The thing explains the thing. Okay. Um, so I also have... So like in the same sort of vein, like what's what's group hugging? When you say like, it's a group hug deck. Does that mean it's like helping other people out? Because like we're we're friends? Yeah. You used, yeah. To, you used to have a group hug deck. Right? I used to have a group hug deck. Yeah. yeah. And it was really fun. So a lot of the cards in the deck are based around... Um, you're giving everybody some sort of benefit in the game. You get some mana. You get right. some mana. Like everybody Oprah. gets yeah. mana. Okay, yeah. cool. And so there'd be cards where it's just like um, everybody gets tokens and then you get tokens and also like a buff to your creatures. Hmm. So it's like everyone's getting stuff. Yeah, or you can, you you know, everybody gets to play an extra land on their turns. Everyone gets to draw an extra card at their upkeep. Yeah. And then a lot of group hug decks would have a strategy where they would do something late in the game after everyone's gotten this boost of resources to get big boards, and you play a card like Insurrection, which is gain control of all creatures, untap them, they gain haste. And then you could just take everybody's creatures and swing for lethal. So you're group hugging everyone, and then you just stab them in the back. Yeah, once, yeah, you, t- you take, that's one way to do it. Yeah. You know, there's many ways to win with a group hug deck. Some group hug decks don't have a win condition. They just Aww. like to ramp everybody. Yeah. See, like, that's like when, when <laughs> Is you're, that like, what you want? when you're playing like those games where you get to choose between whether you're the, um, the fighter or like a mage who uses magic or um, a healer. A healer. I would always choose to be the healer. I liked healing everyone else. I'm mage all the way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I want magic damage. I want to attack. Yeah. From afar. Hey, we're a good team. Fireball in the face. That's nice. You're attacker. You're the magic man, and I'll heal. He said he wants to attack from afar. Yeah, like a like a magic man. But yeah. I'm happy to be like the. I'm happy. To I'll be, be an the, archer. I'm, I'm happy to be the rogue. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice and speedy. Yeah. I'll just get yeah. in and like murder people and take their stuff. Rogues are fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, group hug can be really fun too because when I had my group hug deck, I found that games would also go faster hmm. because I'm ramping everybody and like things yeah. just happen, right? People draw more cards. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that makes sense. People are always suspicious of it though. They are. Oh, of course, you would be. Yeah. You're giving me all these nice things? That's not what you do in magic. That's not how you win. No. You don't <laughs> win by being a nice guy. You have to be a meanie. We are trying to kill each other. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so. What does it mean when your commander's imprisoned in the moon? So imprisoned in the moon is a card. <laughs> is a card. 
okay. <laughs> uh, I heard you guys say it once in an episode, and I was like, what is this? Yeah. Oh, it's a card. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's a really good card because it's a card that takes your commander and makes it into a land. Yeah, it's two and a blue for an aura, enchanted enchant creature, land, or planeswalker. Enchanted permanent is a colorless land with tap, add one uh, colorless mana to your mana pool, and loses all other card types and abilities. I see. So when you say your commander's imprisoned in the moon, it's just, it means that it has that card on it. Okay. Yeah, or That's any it. card or like that, like Song of the Dryads does the same thing. Lignify. Uh, Lignify doesn't turn into a land, but it's a similar effect, or yeah. um, Darksteel Mutation. Yeah. It just, the great thing about cards like this is that w- with commanders... You can remove a commander from the board, but as you know, with a very cheap commander, you can just recast it again. Mm. And it's not that much of an issue, especially if your deck's built around winning. But with these types of cards, if you don't have a sacrifice outlet to sacrifice this creature that's now a land right. or something else, like Darcy Mutation makes it indestructible, then it, takes, it, your, it yeah. takes your commander that's out of the, the equation. Thing. Yeah, yeah your is, commander's just yeah. sitting there and you can't do anything about it. He's imprisoned in the mud. Yeah. Okay. Which is, yeah, Emrakul getting imprisoned in the moon. Also by, uh, a super flavorful card. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So sort of in the same vein of, of lingo, you guys will say strictly better and strictly worse. Are these actual like Magic the Gathering terms that like people use or do you guys just say this? Uh, they're, like, I think they're, people say that. They're, they're terms. Like, yeah. you know, we didn't coin those terms, but... No. You know, when you when you talk about like uh, here's here's a good example. So you have Soul Ring, which is one uh, one colorless mana for an artifact that taps for two colorless mana, mm-hmm. and then you have Cisse's Ring, which is four colorless mana for an artifact that taps for two colorless mana. Cisse's uh, Cisse's Ring is a strictly worse version of Soul Ring because gotcha. it, it cards are doing it, the same thing. But it just costs way more mana. Yeah, it costs four times as much mana. So, you know, we just say this, we just use those terms as a, just, yeah, to say that a card is very similar, but objectively this is the better, better yeah. okay. objectively worse. But, you know, it's just a, yeah. Okay, so, no, I was just curious yeah. if yeah, it was no, like, no, yeah. you know, magic lingo or, you know, sometimes in certain circles you can kind of... I think we did, though, I think we did coin referring to this as Imprisoned in the Moon. I've never, I didn't even know we, Yeah. but yeah, <laughs> thinking about it. But yeah, that is like a, you know. Yeah. I think out of the names of those types of cards, I think that's the best, imprisoned best way to say it. in the Moon is the best yeah. one, yeah. yeah. Um, so is, what is gold all about? Is it a, it's a color in the game? It's, well, there's a is it in the Wooburg? <laughs> what? What's all about gold this? cards? What's this yeah. gold? Gold cards. Gold. gold. Gold cards are multicolor cards. I love gold. <laughs> <laughs> yes, gold member. Yeah. Give me the skin box. <laughs> oh man. Of all the quotes from that movie. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, get he's it like, now because he's gonna eat the skin. Oh, yeah. He's like looking at it. Uh, and he's got a bunch one. of shreds in there. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, it's oh, a, it's a big one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, gold cards are multicolor cards. Um, so if you look at the borders of cards, like whites have white, blue is blue and stuff. Um, if it's like a blue-black card, it'll have a gold border. Oh. Yeah. And that's when the color, if you have to pay one blue and one black and then like one red, it'll have a gold border. But there's also mana symbols that are cut in half because they're hybrid. And I've so when you have that. a Yeah, so when you have a card that's hybrid, that one will still have a border that's like the left half is white and the right half is blue, mm. that one will be gold because it's like either mana. Mm. Right. 
Very fascinating. Uh, and then there's also an artifact gold token. Hmm. Yes, there are cards that create a gold, gold token. It's Yeah, it's just called gold. It's uh, completely similar to treasure. treasure. Yeah. It, you can tap, sacrifice it for any a, mana. a mana of any color. Yeah. Is treasure a card? Treasure is, is a, a token. Is a card. token. Cards produce uh, treasures. Like Dowsing Dagger. Oh, uh, yeah. Dagger. No, I know. There you go. I know about treasures. Yeah. No, Dowsing Dagger doesn't produce treasure, but. Uh, but I know about you them. You know about them. Yeah. I know. Correct. I, I heard. Correction. Okay. So I don't know if you guys will know the answer to this, but I just find it an interesting part of magic in general. Mm-hmm. How do they come up with the cards? So, <laughs> so you know, what's so cool about Magic the Gathering is that it's not just a card game. Right. Like, it is, right? Yeah. But it's a universe that they've created. A the, multiverse. A multiverse. Yeah. It's a very cleverly written game. All um, of it, yeah. Yeah, like, it's very... It's very interesting um, how dynamic it is. Um, you know, there's this, there's lore, right? Mm-hmm. And the yep. cards and the titles of the card fit into the lore. And if you like lore, you should check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash turn one soul ring. That's right. Check it out. Um, check it out. We have some sweet episodes about lore. We do. Um, we have brought, a few uh, now. Brought, uh, brought the Brothers lore. The Brothers War. War. Right. You got it. I'm right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, what like what comes first, the lore or the cards? Is it in tandem? That's actually a really good question because I don't think we know the actual answer to that because we I don't, don't know how I don't the think so inner workings of Matt like that wizards be a cool goes. Episode. Yeah, I know that they always release the the you know because they used to do books. Yeah, uh, they used to do novels, and now they release the story for a new set a few weeks after it is fully released, and they release it in chunks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, and I haven't read any of it in quite some time, but I know that they do it after the fact. And then the you have, and then you have the artists. But I, th- I think like they plan all of this stuff very far in advance. They must. Yeah, they already have like the next two or three sets already done that we don't know about. Not to mention the ones they've already announced. Those are all ready to. Those are all printed. Well, actually, I brought this page over like on Wikipedia uh, in tandem with that. And so on Wikipedia, we have sets up to September twenty twenty two. And we have wow. code names for them all. So there's like, um, after Zendikar Rising, there's equestrian, fencing, golf, hockey, ice skating, and judo. So they'll use those terms when talking about sets so that people don't know exactly what you're talking about, right? Right, right. Yeah, so they do have like a good eight sets that they're always like ahead. Yeah. Hmm. And so they want to make sure the story, people like the story. So we're going to this plane. This is the story that's happening there. And then I'm sure they do have a play test RNG group as well for the mechanics mm-hmm. of the sets and stuff as well. I'm sure it's very in depth the and, process and all the uh, the artwork for all the cards. Mm-hmm. When the artists are doing it, when they're creating the art for the cards, they don't know the names of the cards. They don't know what the cards do. They get a general idea, and they create an image hmm. for that card. <clears throat> but they they don't they know very little about yeah. the specific. They may know card. what the card is called. They may know, yeah. Or they they may get specific characters yeah. that they need to put into the card. Like, 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 like let's take in Prison of the Moon, for example. They're probably telling like there's a scene where the planeswalkers put Emrakul into the moon and mm-hmm. this is the card. You know, yeah. and like people would 
making art for that. Yeah, yeah. I I imagine it's it's quite a, uh, a, a clusterfuck of of yeah. creativity. I, I kind of picture like a giant conference table with like 20 people sitting around it. Maybe it's not quite that many, but there would have to be so many people advising. You'd have to have people who are so knowledgeable of all the stuff that had been made in the past already. Mm-hmm. Um, you would have to have um, people who who knew, you know, that, you know, you can't do this, this, and this because of this, this, and this, right? Like there would just be so much. So like... You know, surely it can't just be like one person. I'm, I'm sure no. it's like a team working together. And yeah, when you, th- you know, I've never really thought about it in that perspective. But when you put it like that, it almost makes it reasonable that Oko got past R and G. You know, R and D, R and D. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like because like, well, this is the other thing about it is that like, sure, you have a playtest group, but this group is only playing so much. Mm-hmm. And when you release the cards to the mass public you have tens of thousands of people playing with the card now and it's like you can't find everything no from your small playtest group inside of Wizards of the Coast and you have guy like um, my older brother and his green binder that got lost um, <laughs> you know you have super old cards that are being put together with new cards in new formats that didn't exist when these old cards were made um, so it's a very it's very fascinating I'm sure it's a very I'll tell you now they don't look at that they don't well they don't no? care they don't care about they, legacy they don't care about the really old stuff they don't mm. yeah because it doesn't um, make the money. No, it doesn't. So they're they kind of like for when they're making new cards, especially for the standard sets, they're kind of just worried about what's going on in standard. They okay. do probably look at modern and stuff, and they kind of like have that in the back of their minds. But that's not their and I guess pioneer main now. prerogative. Yeah, it's not their main prerogative. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Um, uh, yeah, I imagine it would make it very complicated. I imagine you would just hit wall after wall if yeah. you tried to do and that. And they have the power to ban cards. And they so ban like cards, yeah. In modern, if some ridiculous combo pops up, they'll just ban it. Because they're like, this was good in standard, it sucks in modern, so it's like, and, see ya. And yeah. they ban it when it's like it's not fun anymore, right? Like it's just too we broken. Would, when a deck when a deck with those combination of cards or that card just becomes too ubiquitous in the format, mm. and everyone's playing that deck. So gotcha. when the win rates are too high and like the basically the meta sh- uh, shifts to like this one deck, like we saw with the Urza deck, there were tournaments of like it's like fifty five percent. Yeah, six of the top eight decks are playing this one deck. You're mm-hmm. like, okay, something needs to happen. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. To, to get to, to just even out the meta, you want yeah. you want a. Um, a Diverse meta. Yeah. yeah. You want to Because that's what's so fun about Magic. There's so many different cards out there, and there's so many different strategies that you can do. Yeah. So you want to be able to be able to play these different strategies, mm-hmm. not just have three top-tier decks, and that's it. You're like, well... Yeah. I don't want to play Rock, Paper, Scissors. Tr- of truly. course. <laughs> truly. Um, yeah, so I guess, you know, that's sort of my final thought is, you know, if you're trying to get someone into Magic, you're trying to get them excited about it, you know, explain to them that it's more than just... A, a card sitting game? Ac- us sitting across the table from each other playing this card game. It's it's so much more, and it's it's very it's very cleverly written, and it's very dynamic. Um, I remember thinking like how much it appealed to me. Like I, I I like fantasy novels and that kind of thing. How much it appealed to me that you know there were cards like vampires who you know the the utility or the what the card did had to do with 
like taking life, right? Lifeline. Yeah. Right? That's what vampires do in fantasy and popular culture. Um, I really enjoyed, um, like in, in my cat deck, that a, a lot of it was you would gain life and cats have nine lives, right? Yeah. So like yeah. it's, it's, it's very cleverly written and it's very interesting kind of seeing all those dynamics with all the different kinds of creature types you can have and the different kind of decks you can have. And, you know, I think that's something that could get someone excited about it who really doesn't know much about it at all. And talking about terminology as well, I've actually grabbed the term flavor from magic because they have flavor text, which right. like, yeah, or things have flavor, meaning they just work together and like it makes sense with the lifelink and vampires and stuff. I kind of say other things and other things now have flavor when they like work together well. Because yeah. it's a cool term to it, like, it yeah. yeah. So magic has a lot of flavor behind everything because everything has a meaning and it like works well together and stuff. Yes. It's cool. It's very rich. Um, do you guys, do you know much about the, that uh, Mystic Warlords of Ka'a game? Nope. Don't know what you're talking about. Is it a real game? I don't know. It's on the Big Bang Theory. They talk about it. Oh. I don't know. There's lots of stuff on there that, you know, isn't really real. So yeah, I don't not, know if it's actually a real game. But in, <laughs> in that game, it's a lot of like, it's cards with sort of witty titles that where the card does this thing and the title is, um, unless it's a spoof of magic and like they can't, act, they couldn't actually talk about magic on the show and that's why they came up with this thing. I don't know. Maybe it's a real thing. I don't yeah. know stuff. It's a fictional trading card game. Okay. That first appeared in season three, episode five. Okay. Nice. I bet it's supposed to be like a spoof of Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. And that's why. Because I don't think they ever mention it. There's a big list. of There's about 30 known Ka'a cards. <laughs> that's so funny that they made it up. I thought it was a real game. Yeah. Wow. I need to... Brush up on my nerd culture. TV is a lie. <laughs> Sometimes it is. They're just telling stories. Oh, man. Okay, that's fun. <clears throat> well, you know, you learn. You learn. Yeah, you live and you learn. And, um, you know, I know that the thing that drew me to magic... In it's an th- obvious spoof of Magic the, the Gathering. Gathering. Yeah. I'm smart. <laughs> the the thing that drew me to magic uh, in the first place before I even know how to play before I first saw the cards was the flavor text cool and reading the flavor text and wondering where this fits into the story that these that these cards come from and it's a story right and, it is a story and when we we care about characters we're so much more invested in something that is why people are paying thousands of dollars for pieces of cardboard yeah that's right myself included. Yep. I mean, multiple pieces, but, you know. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Not just one it's piece. Get, it's getting up there. <laughs> the collection grows. Yeah, always. All right, well, we are going to wrap it up, unless anyone has anything else. Well, I don't care, because we're wrapping it up. You're um, the boss. Yeah, uh, I'm not the boss. <laughs> <laughs> You're just bossy. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to bring this episode to a close. Uh, we do hope you enjoyed uh, this lighter kind of topic. Um, I know I had a lot of fun talking about this stuff with, with you guys. Yeah, it was uh, fun. Um, and Ainsley, we want to thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me on this side of the 
of the podcast. Thanks right. for coming yes. to the show. And, yeah. and thank you so much for editing the show. Yeah, it was behind every, it, every just week. Yeah, in we, the shadows, editing. Yeah, we can do this. We can do this Covered without you. in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ainsley leaves in all those those funny bits. Um, I know that I, uh, I, I didn't want to edit the show because I thought I'd be too critical. Which um, is, yeah. I leave in funny stuff. Sometimes I leave in stuff. I'm like, you know what? It's risque. I'm yeah. just going to leave it in. Yeah, leave it in. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Why not? Executive yeah. decision. Leaving it. Yeah. And I always, I always appreciate it. It has a nice touch. Yeah. Um, so uh, do you want to, do you have any social media you want to want to plug? Where can, where can we find you? I'm on the Instagram at uh, Ainsley Amethyst, like okay. the stone. Like the stone. Mm-hmm. Okay. All one word. Yeah. Um, and you can find us on Instagram at Turn One Soaring the podcast, as well as all the podcast platforms, including YouTube. Even though that's not really a podcast platform, there's um, a lot of podcasts on there. There are, there and are streaming, so it's kind of you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, if you want to send us an email, tell us about your magic experience. You can find us at Turn One Soaring the podcast at gmail.com. Also, remember to enter our February Instagram giveaway. Way to hit that R. Yeah, you got to hit the R. <laughs> hit the hard R. Uh, it hard is the R. last week you're going to be able to do that. But if you forget, we're having another one in March. So There's one every month. All good. One every month. Yeah, just don't forget. For now. Yeah, just yeah. remember. Done. <clears throat> but uh, again, we want to thank you all so much for listening. And we appreciate each and every one of you. Thanks again. Thanks for listening. Bye now. See ya. Turn one soul ring.